podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Remember, be gamble aware. The incense is burning, ladies and gents. I can hear the pan pipe music filtering through the crisp autumnal air. I've I've boosted up my calm app. <laughs> Which means the guru is in the house. James Sandrini, Dr. James Sandrini, University of West Las Vegas. How are you? I'm glad you're using my full title. I appreciate that. Uh, Ollie, question. Can we get a pan pipe lead in intro music? Is that within budget? Good uh, 100% not. We don't have a budget. You know that, James. <laughs> the pan pipe music costs a lot of money. The only reason we could change the college days music was because it's so old that it's free. Like they can't be <laughs> charged for it anymore. It's so old that it has gone full circle that even Ollie knows it, uh, which, is, uh, <laughs> which is remarkable. We could uh, make our own attempts at, at Pan Pipe in the same way that I and Mike, I was, I was reminded on Twitter yesterday uh, by our friend Andy Davis, of course, shout out to Andy, part of the team social crew here at the NC Show, reminded us when we were speculating that a Carlson Antonio Brown show, I think it's the NFL show we've all been waiting for. Uh, and Andy reminded us uh, of Carlson rapping. Um, so we could maybe, maybe fuse the two and have a kind of. Soft... Do we know on on that show who would say the most inappropriate stuff? Is it Antonio Brown or is it Mike Carlson? Let's go to Ollie Thornton for that. Proper, I would think it? it would be. It would, should we call it like the race to be cancelled? You know, like that. So like, how long? Like, what is like the over under of the, these person getting cancelled? Because that would ITV two next summer. Yeah. It would just be a thrilling watch, just waiting for one of them to be removed from the show, like immediately for what they've said, and then the next one to be removed from the show. It would be fascinating, but also you know for a fact that. You might as well just, they would just talk adjacently as well. Neither would listen to each other. Of course. Of yeah, course. And, yeah. So it would just be a lot of <laughs> over each other. <laughs> yeah. Just shouting at each other. Uh, a bit yeah. would be arguably one of the greatest shows in the history of broadcasting. I feel, I think we need to, we need to make it happen. Anyway, that's for another day. We are all about the fantasy here on FFS. Good to have you with us. We're going to get you set. For this week's action, whatever version of fantasy you play in, you may be full clip and go all in on Dynasty Redraft and Daily Fantasy. If it is the latter, don't forget, of course, if you join our Fantasy League, the link is in the show notes. It's over on our social channels at the NC Show, blah, 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 blah. You can join our free-to-enter contests, uh, other contests as well in there. Uh, lots of cash prizes to be won. And this week, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of our free-to-enter contest in the Nat Coombs show, DraftKings League, will get a jersey of their choice. Whatever your team, whatever name you want on it, as long as it is legally available, <laughs> we'll send Propo down a Google uh, rabbit hole to get it for you. Uh, it's yours if you come top of the league. As well, because the our friends at DraftKings added a cash value as well, cash prizes to our free-to-enter contest. So you're going to double down favorite uh, team, favorite player, whatever you want to go, the jersey is on us. So talk about that, James Sandrini, for a compelling reason to enter. I'm in. What can I say? My, You're not my, allowed Mayork's to win. in. Mayock's oh, in. Mayock's going with Cleveland Farrell. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to be drawn into that. Uh, but yeah, if you're interested in that <laughs> reference, go and check out Edge Rush in the vault with me and Propo. Right, let's get down to business then. So we're obviously going to take a look ahead at uh, uh, players we can start, players the guru likes, matchups he likes, look back as well, because as we always talk about, we've got to look back to look forwards and learnings from last week as well. And then we're going to pick our show team, which hopefully give you some ideas 
and direction if you're new to daily fantasy. Let's start, as we always do, though, with injuries, key injuries that hella relevant for the the wider NFL world, but also specifically for, for fantasy. And a number of quarterbacks, of course, under duress right now. It's something Propo and I got into on edge rush. Difficult week to pick for, for that reason, because we're just not sure if we're going to get Josh Allen, if we're going to get Matt Stafford, we're going to get Kyler Murray, or are we going to see Colt McCoy? Are we going to see Wolford? Are we going to see the great Case Keenum suiting up on Sundays? Latest on each of those three, because Kyler's, what, it's a hammy, isn't it? So... What do, what do you think the latest on that? Do you think he's more or less likely to start? I think he starts, but he'll be limited with mobility. Colt McCoy, we've seen be effective in relief last season. Um, highly accurate passer, you know, does the job as needed. Obviously, if Murray's out, the running game changes because he takes right. up a lot of that oxygen. Connor's come back. Murray has 359 yards so far this year. So that would open up. Uh that offense. But I think this offense would just keep on ticking. And in many ways, you know, we've seen their game plan this year is Murray runs around and tries to find someone downfield in the last five minutes of the game. And that's about all you get. <laughs> is that Kingsbury's, but, uh, is that Kingsbury's that, tool? That's did his speak, MO. Speaking of which, do you see the argument between Hopkins and Murray that, that got, got released yeah. yesterday? I mean, you see not Kingsbury, it, not a fair fight at all. So if you haven't seen it, it's audio. Well, uh, you hear the audio, but you can see the players as well. Depending on which version you look at, uh, coming off the field after a busted play and Hopkins is not a happy camper. I think it's fair to say and mm. questioning what Murray was looking at. Cause he was wide open and they uh, get into it on the sidelines. Now I think these things are often overhyped players do this all the time. It's no big deal. Of course, everybody is parlaying this into, Oh, look at the dysfunction in Arizona. Look at, but the, my favorite thing about it is Kingsbury. Just try to calm the situation, control the situation. Offense, offense, offense. <laughs> Just like a like That's a supply playbook. teacher. <laughs> That's the playbook. Yeah, he's like a supply teacher who's lost complete control of the classroom. Guys, guys, can we just all sit down? <laughs> That's what it looked like. Yeah, I mean, George Hopkins has been great since he's come back, but he has to be frustrated, as I think everyone on this roster is. Right. Uh, but the good thing for fantasy is they the pace of play has really increased in the last few weeks. They're now the fastest team in the league when it comes to mm. having the most plays per game. So for fantasy, that's great. In fact, Colt McCoy might slow that down slightly, but there's, if you're DeAndre Hopkins, you might, in a small sample size, prefer to see McCoy throwing you the ball than Murray right now. Okay, so Murray starts, but given that it's a ham, he's going to be limited from his usual game. Uh, Allen and Stafford, do you think they both start? Stafford's probably the least likely, right? Seems to be heading that way. Wolford seems likely to start. Wolford, I uh, just want to be clear, it's important that we, we know he's a, he used to play for the Arizona Hotshots in the mm-hmm. AAF. Uh, yeah. That doesn't get mentioned enough. Wolford's capable. <laughs> we saw him play uh, one full game against yeah. Seattle in 2020. He's mobile. He had six rushes in that game, 56 yards. But the offense is the issue here. I don't think it was necessarily Matt Stafford, albeit his metrics don't look fantastic. So, you know, this this is still a Cooper Cup-led offense. You'd expect mm. him to get his, um, but, you know, we're starting to talk about the Rams fading into insignificance here. I like Wolford, I've got to say, from the, the brief sample size that we've seen. I, I remember being really impressed with him in that in the brief cameos that he's had. And there's a lot of good talk about him from those around the Rams. I know a lot about the Rams. Our friend Greg Rosenthal, uh, is definitely a, a Wolford supporter. So I'm really interested to see him get a shot and see how he does the limitations of that offense notwithstanding. Here's a question for you both, Propo as well. Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, John Wolford, you are suddenly quantum leaped that look it up all, it's a 90s TV show. You quantum leaped into um, a head coaching role 
and it's a win or go home game to get into the playoffs. That's the that's the narrative for this episode of Quantum Leap. And so much rests on you getting the team into the playoffs because as Al tells you for you Quantum Leap fans, if you don't get the team in the playoffs, all these lives will be changed forever. And you have to pick one of those three quarterbacks to get the game done. Who'd you go with? Case McCoy or Wolford? What about you, Guru? I'll go to you first. I would, right now, I'd say McCoy based on what we saw last year. You go Colt McCoy, Propo? Case Keenum's been to an NFC Championship game. The disrespect to put him into <laughs> the disrespect to put him yeah. into that category is outrageous. Case Keenum, one hundred percent. Love the fact of Team Keenum, Team Keenum proper. This is uh, this is going to look like we rehearsed this, but I'm going to go Wolford. So there we go. Each each of us go, and that may be the most important question asked on any. NFL sports show this week uh, is all I'm going to say. Loving that. At the NC show, if you want to get in touch with us, isn't it? we've uh, put a shout out on social. We'll try and get into some questions a bit later on if we can squeeze them in as well. So, okay, those three. Um, and one final thing on that, really, in terms of um, the Buffalo offensive, Kyler, obviously, the loss of him significantly changes the direction of that Arizona offense. Exactly the same thing with Buffalo, right? So what does this mean for for the running backs if Allen doesn't start? Are they going to get more carries? Is it worth looking at Singletary and Co. a little bit more? This is the big story of the week and, and arguably of the season. The difference for Stafford and Murray is their teams don't look hyper-competitive right now, whereas for most people, the Bills are the number one, number two, number three team in the league. Josh Allen, so far this season, has been involved in 23 of the team's 25 touchdowns. He's the leading rusher on this team. There is There are a few players in the league that teams rely on more than Josh Allen, than the Bills do with Josh Allen. This injury concerns me. So UCL is the ligament in your elbow. Uh, mm. Pitchers in baseball suffer through it and get Tommy John surgery and out for a year, year and a half. We saw in rookie in Josh Allen's rookie season, he missed four games with a strain. We don't know how severe this is, but there's a good chance that even if he plays in the short term, that this could flare up down the line. Case Keenum, you mentioned, uh, you know, it's a, a pretty wild that him and Steph Diggs are going back into Minnesota together uh, for <laughs> yeah, this game. of course. But yeah, the, the running back issue is, is certainly one to focus on. To me, I think we would see more Naheem Hines and James Cook uh, dump offs from the quarterback. Keenum's not particularly mobile at this point in his career, uh, rather than obviously what Allen's able to do. But you would think Singletary uh, still has a role on the ground, if not more than he did. The, di- the difference for Singletary is that when you have Josh Allen in the backfield, your running game tends to be more efficient, even if you use it less on the basis that teams are worried about where Allen goes. They've always got that maybe there's a spy on him or the defense acts differently. If it's just single three and you can pack the box, uh, then it's it's obviously a very difficult uh, series of opportunities for him. And that's where I like those pass catching backs. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. All right. Uh, Green Bay win or bust time for, for them, of course. And it's not looking good as as we talked about with, with Propo and Edge Rush. Rashawn Gary out for the season. They are looking banged up across the board. Uh, and Romeo Dobbs, not that he has set the world on fire, but I think there seems to be a burgeoning connection between Rodgers and Dobbs. You see flashes of it, right? It feels like that could have been something that they could have mined more successfully in the second half of the season, but it's going to be immaterial if they lose against Dallas. And Dobbs, Dubs, Daubs, as we like to call him, Unlikely to start? What are we looking at Friday morning? I think he's going to be out for a while. <clears throat> High ankle sprain. We've seen, you know, we've talked about that a number of times in the show. So his 
role for the remainder of the season might well be limited, particularly because he's a rookie and this team is is heading in a direction where they're not going to be competing. Christian Watson is due to come back. He probably moves into two wide receiver sets. That's a real boon for his young career because, uh, you know, him opposite Lazard, he takes on the Dubs role of trying to provide some explosion into an offense that's really lacking it now. So this is a bit, not do or die, he's a rookie. Well, exactly, 100%, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, for for obviously for this Packers team going into Dallas this week, there's, uh, well, home away, anyway, versus Dallas It's it's a Lambo, yeah. It's a Lambo, okay. Uh, You know, you're probably not backing this offense to do an awful lot of respect. Mm. Oh, if Watson drops a similar ready-made touchdown pass in the first, let's say the first quarter of this game, what facial expressions should we expect to see from Aaron Rodgers? Oh, I don't think it's even facial expressions at this point. I think it would be, I think he would actually just lose it completely. I think he would go Tom Brady with the tablets. Yeah. I think you're trying to up Tom Brady just because I guess that's what his like life purpose is at this point is to just try to be slightly better than him. <laughs> so I think he'd try and break like three tablets simultaneously. <laughs> nice. At the same time. At the same time. And then I think you'd see like Jordy Nelson just suit up. He would just force, he'd be like, Jordy will be in the crowd. Comes out of the crowd. I'm done with this. Yeah. Jordy Nelson, you're you're coming out. It's Nelson's music. I reckon he'd, (laughs) um, I reckon he'd just walk up, walk down the tunnel. Aaron, quit kidding around. Come on. (laughs) Just walk out, walk out of the, out of of Lambo. We never see him again on a field. Just be done. Gone. Uh, Okay. So no Dobbs. Tall order, I think, for for Greenville. I still believe, as you know, edge rushes. Go listen to that. Uh, running back situation. So, yeah, fascinating one in Dallas. We talked about, of course, with Pollard stepping up while Zeke's been out. And Jerry reminding us all that because he paid Zeke so much money, obviously Zeke's his main guy. Let's with Zeke and Pollard. And in that same game, the, the ground game for Dallas. Zeke seems to be on his way back. He's been a limited participant in practice. It's a knee injury. It seems more like soreness than it does anything uh, structural. I would imagine, whether it's this week or or a week later, we're going to see them revert to their roles. But this doesn't limit Pollard too much. He's the explosive back. He's the guy that's going to get... The the way this may change is that he might get more of those high-value touches in and around the 20. Uh, But they're still going to be Zeke as the third down back in um, third and short and Red in zone. goal line situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So that's probably just the case for the rest of this season. But we've seen with Pollard mm-hmm. that that doesn't limit his opportunity. In the short term, maybe there's a little bit of Malik Davis who would be more of that uh, ground and pound kind of, kind of act if Zeke doesn't play. Okay. You messaged me very helpfully yesterday in one of our WhatsApp groups. I think the boys are about to put out my show team over on social and we'll be firing out my team, Propos team, and of course, most importantly of all the gurus, show team for, for this week uh, in uh, the DraftKings League. And you said, you might want to change that nap because you got Darren Waller in there. And he was questionable, but I'm guessing based on that message and me quickly flapping, uh, flipping in Zach Ertz to, <laughs> to panic stations, uh, that Waller's unexpected to play. Shifted to IR along with Hunter Renfro. Mm. Waller, I think we saw this coming. We mentioned on the show a few weeks back that he wasn't right. And there was a reason similar to Keenan Allen, you know, the players who are on the injury report every week don't get really any real practice in. And then on game day are declared, um, declared out. We've seen this with Waller. So they'll be hoping that this gets him right. He's got a hamstring injury. It's obviously taking him a long time to come back from that. Mm -hmm. Renfro was a surprise. It's a a bleak injury. He's also on IR. So, you know, this team really has been run or throw it to Devontae. And we're going to see more of that alongside a sprinkling of uh, Foster Moreau, Matt Collins, Keelan Cole, who knows? 
So let me get this straight. The Cardinals' offensive game plan is offense. Cliff Kingsbury running around shouting that. And Josh McDaniels' offensive game plan in Vegas is just get the ball to Devontae. He's a bit Ted Lasso, McDaniels, this year with the trick plays. Like he's he's throwing <laughs> them in in a way that obviously we saw with Pat, but perhaps Belichick was a, a useful sounding board as to quite how often they use those plays. Yeah, yeah I don't um, think so. In fact, he wouldn't yeah. even, yeah, it would just be, a, Belichick would just be a straight no. <laughs> when he suggested it, and you get uh, one, Josh. Look. You get just one. Look. Yeah. Like when that rookie tried to hand Belichick the game ball, he just give him give him that look. Uh, well, of course, the interesting thing for the Raiders being in they well the last chance saloon. I think it's entirely uh, unlikely that they're going to somehow put a, a run on and go on a tear and make the playoffs, particularly with those injuries, right? But they've got the Colts, and we're going to get into the Colts now and the remarkable situation there. And Ollie. You were saying, imagine if McDaniels and the Raiders lose against the Colts, is he going to get fired, right? Uh, and that's looking more likely now with Waller and Renfro out, right? I mean, it could happen. No, it's true. I mean, I I still expect, like, we've seen what happens in the NFL. We see what happened with Carolina after they uh, fired Matt Rule. Like, mm. essentially what happens in this scenario is every player starts almost playing for themselves. And I always think that's quite a dangerous thing because they're playing for their contract next year. They're playing to potentially move on to another team. Right. People always just assume that it's like when a team goes into disarray, that they're, everything's going to go into disarray. Whereas we've actually seen certain scenarios where teams and players play harder in mm. these scenarios. And they might even play harder for Jeff Saturday if he manages to motivate them and get them going. So I do not think it's outside of the realm of possibility whatsoever that the Indiana- Indianapolis Colts get a win against the Raiders on Sunday. And obviously without Waller, without Renfro, it looks a lot more likely. But that game is... <laughs> if you're going to bet on that game, then you're you're nuts. Yeah, you know what? It's going to happen. You know what? the You know that it is... I mean, this is maybe the perfect story for this NFL season. When you get a running order in week 10 for a fancy show and one of the bullet points on there is Jeff Saturday question mark. <laughs> you know where you're <laughs> going to go with it. What The latest thing on this, and, and I'm sure listeners are up to speed, but just in case you missed, missed the story, with Frank Wright gone from India, we'll, we'll pick over the bones there as well. Colts legend Jeff Saturday, who was a centre. He played with Peyton Manning for years. I mean, a heavyweight player, one of the Colt greats. Colts greats and, and latterly an analyst and a good one on uh, on ESPN. Two, three years head coaching experience in high school on his resume. Two, two games. Two, two games. Ga- is it two games? Mm. Oh my God, I thought it was two years. Well, even, yeah, okay. So two He games. learns fast. Well, maybe. He, did, he didn't need three years. He, it, so uh, bizarre to say the least. Now, as we got into on Edge Rush, clearly this is a very smart move in the sense that the likelihood of him succeeding is minimal and therefore the Colts could well end up with, if not the first overall pick, then a top five pick in a quarterback draft class where at least four that will go in the first round, maybe five, but they will get one of the good players coming out with good shots uh, at having uh, an NFL starter, a franchise quarterback, which is obviously what, what they need. And there's been the undoing of, of Frank Wright, of course, with with Wentz and then Matt Ryan not playing out as they'd hoped. So do you think it qualifies as an appropriate decision, Guru, or do you think it is just a flagrant tank manoeuvre and... It's not a fair because the thing is, when you look at a situation, whether it's a fire sale of players, and this isn't specific to the NFL, we see it in baseball quite a lot. 
The Marlins many times over the years have done this where they just get rid of everybody and it's it goes too far and there isn't anything vaguely competitive on the field and that's not fair to the fans, right? Then there are people who say, well, it doesn't matter, blow up this season. Who cares how uncompetitive we are? And Ollie's point is a good one that this idea that the majority of players on that roster are going to throw the towel in because the team is is effectively done as far as the playoffs are concerned is nonsense because many of them are jobbing players that are, that are gutting it out for gutting it out for their for their future careers and contracts. So, do you think it is a reasonable move if if that was the intention? If the intention of the Colts was Saturday, the fans love him. Let's let's put him in as a token gesture. We're going to lose the next eight games. Is that okay to do that? I'm very cynical of the move. You mentioned the Marlins and a real teardown you might see in baseball. I mean, we're post trade deadline. They're not going to be moving players in the way that the Panthers were in an you know an attempt mm. to tank, as it were. With Saturday, look, he he sounds like a rousing guy who's obviously a good player. He's got the ear of Jim Irsay, but this is pure nepotism, and I think it's an entirely tone deaf move when diversity is still you know a core challenge circling around the league. Um, there's no interest in in this process. Now, the Ursays mm-hmm. as owners don't have the best track record when it comes to making decisions on behalf of fan bases wherever they go. I do think that obviously he's loyal, as we've seen with Reggie Wayne. You know, he loves Reggie Wayne. He loves Jeff Saturday, this group of players who bought success. We know that he's wanted to bring Peyton Manning into the, uh, into the ownership group. Uh, but what are the players thinking at this stage? So... Every player wants to win every game. I think we have to come in with that. We know from the stories coming out of Miami over the last couple of seasons that players do not like the idea that they're tanking. They're playing for mm. the futures. Their careers are short. You know, the mm. average NFL career is not very long. You don't want to be spending half a season uh, losing games. If I'm a player and I'm looking around me, I'm hearing that Parks Frazier is going to be calling the offense on Sunday. Uh, I'm worried. He's, he's Ollie's age. <laughs> <laughs> he's a definite He's not seen the wire. Uh, uh, but he hasn't seen the wire right. either. I bet Park so, Fraser has seen the wire. I'd like to find that out. Yeah, we'll, that is something we'll that's, that's a wrinkle I hadn't even mentioned. The Park Fraser, 30 years old. And look, age is nothing really particularly in the NFL. I mean, uh, you know, look at McVeigh was what, 32 when he took over? I want to say, anyway. Um, it's not the fact perhaps that more of a CV, perhaps greater pedigree than Park Fraser. Yeah, that's the problem. It's not that he's 30. It's, it, look, I think, uh, mind you, he's been on the staff, uh, he was with, what, four years, five years? I think he's been on right stuff. So he, at least he knows there's no the one in this. The there's no one in this coaching group right now who's ever called plays. Mm. And, and look, I'm not saying it necessarily means it's going to fail. I'm saying that are you setting your team up for success? And if I'm a player, bear in mind we came into the season with Super Bowl aspirations and that uh, AFC South is not beyond the realms of possibility to try and win that at this stage. No. They still have a good defense. No, I don't believe it. The Colts are still in playoff contention. Maybe, you know, on Madden, when you can get Madden just to suggest the play for you. Do you reckon that's what the Colts are going to do? We might see a small play, but I mean, look, Ellinger's going to be out there. He's not set the world alight, obviously, over the last couple of weeks. So, you know, I mean, look, let's get into Frank Reich alongside this. The reason Frank Reich was fired is because he's an offensive-minded coach, and this was a team that was amongst the worst performing offensive teams in the league this season, despite what we think of a, a roster with a fair amount of talent. You know, I, I went through some numbers and they were dead last in many of the categories. You know, that is unacceptable. They were rushing uh, only 3.7 yards a clip and only three scores on the ground, despite mm. having the great Jonathan Taylor back there. Last week, they were 0-14 on third downs. That's almost impossible to do. I, I, think, I can't remember the last time I saw that. They had 121 total yards of offense. So Reich was leading this team down a path that was probably not going to end with anything better. So, so making the change I get, but going to Jeff Saturday, it, it for me is problematic for uh, for the reasons cited. 
I think it was a I don't I don't know enough about it. Obviously, none of us really do unless we're super close to the situation to know if there is something else going on with, with Matt Ryan beyond what we were seeing on the field. And I don't mean has Matt Ryan gone all Antonio Brown on us. I mean, you know, was it clear? you know, if you're in and around him every day that he has fallen off a cliff and the fighter that he is and the worry that he is trying to make it happen. But th- that moment when a player j- just goes, if it, but then the fact they've kept Ryan around, there was talk this week that he was back at training. They've op- left the door open that he could come back in to start. I think it will go down as a big mistake to mention when they did. Cause when they benched him, I think they were 500. If memory serves me correctly, I mean, talk about the winnable AFC South. Yes, they weren't working well, but join the line. There are 20 teams plus that you could apply that to in, in the NFL right now. Early doors in a season. I think it was a mistake to, to move away from Matt Ryan. I really do. Uh, I was Obviously, he was wildly disappointing based on what they'd hope they'd get. But, well, I don't know. I think, I think it's an O-line issue more than anything. I think the reason sure. they took Ryan and out receive, was A receiving call, lack of, you know, lack of a receiving call. But I think, I think they knew what they had there. And Pittman looked good. You know, during the first half of the year, wasn't scoring touchdowns, but that probably wasn't on him. Uh, Paris Campbell's starting to come back in. Alec Pierce looked decent as a as a prospect, you know, in his first season. They've got this litany of tight ends, all of whom are, are red zone threats. The, the big issue for me was that Ryan, Ryan can't move at this mm. point in his career. The O-line really has fallen apart over the last over the last year. The move to Ellinger was to get some mobility back there, just to open up the offense and stop mm. having to force it. Because if you if you're relying on Okay, the receiving core is good enough, I think, to be competitive, but they don't have that uh, downfield burner. You know, that maybe is what Campbell they were hoping was going to be. If you mm. don't get any time from your offensive line, it doesn't really matter. So mm-hmm. Matt Ryan was having to work incredibly hard to manufacture offense. And with JT less than 100% in a line that wasn't blocking well for him, it meant that teams could really just sit, you know, waiting for the Colts to throw a pass seven yards down the field and then attack. And And they still have suffered the most sacks in the league so far this season. Like whoever's going to be mm. back there was going to have a difficult time of it. Look, I think I, I I agree with you. I think moving on from Matt Ryan at that stage was premature. I still think they might go back to him at some point this season, but Frank Reich, probably there was a fire under him and mm. it looked like he had to make moves. So one week it's Ryan, the next mm. week it was the OC and the following week he's gone. Yeah, I yeah. have a question for both of you. Mm-hmm. Considering that I think it's fair to say that Frank Reich did a pretty good job overall in Indianapolis with the quarterbacks he was given. I think if you look at the list, what is it like Jacoby Brissett, one season, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, and then Matt Ryan and Sam Ellinger, like what he's already put on tape. Yes, it hasn't gone well this season, but the points that you guys have already pointed out basically signs that it wasn't necessarily right fault. I think a terrible offensive line and some poor quarterback play led to a lot of it. Would you not see when we've seen so much poor offensive play calling in this league, so far this season, I'm looking at you, Cliff Kingsbury, and I'm looking at you, Nathaniel. Offense. I think that Frank Reich is the perfect person. I would almost make the call now to either bring him in as an OC or even bring him in as mm. a head coach. In yeah, Indy that- or elsewhere. <laughs> no, sorry, in Denver or Denver or okay. Arizona. Yeah, look, he's a he's a known quarterback whisperer. He's a good OC. The problem he had was probably between him and Chris Ballard, the Finding that quarterback, they were a quarterback away for every season post Andrew Luck. They were unable to do that. Now, how much of that was Reich vouching for a guy like Wentz or vouching yeah. for a guy like Ryan? Yeah. You know, that's what we heard. And and that may have been his downfall. A lot of that has to fall on the GM as well. And you wonder how long he's gonna last. But yeah, I would totally agree. I think as an OC, he's gonna he's not gonna struggle for work. 
Ryan, I mean, uh, Denver, I think, to your example or suggestion, because Hackett, that's Hackett's MO, right? So I don't think, well, it's an interesting idea. It's an interesting idea. It's like when Santos takes, uh, wins the White House in season seven of the West Wing. And when he looks at state, he goes, he goes Alan Older. That's a smart move. I love that. Uh, so it could be, it could be a similar thing. Um, you Ollie's know, just staring into the Ollie. abyss right I now. Thought you about to say, I thought you were about to make a reference to like when Santos won the Copa Libertadores. Uh, <laughs> <That's> what, <laughs> I was like, God, we're getting really niche here. Ollie, the West Wing, um, I don't know, 29 Emmys, um, one of the all-time greats. But yeah, I wouldn't expect you to have seen. Have you seen a single second of the West Wing? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no, there are only seven no, series. Absolutely so. not. I've seen Green Wing. Oh, I mean, Great show. Same Great era, show. same era, and you have, yeah, I love Green Wing. That's one unbelievable. The Unders King of Plumpton uh, never ceasing to amaze me. Right on, yeah, but Hackett, I think, yeah, that's might be a bit. Well, hey, I'm the quarterback whisperer around here, even if it's highly dysfunctional. One last thing on it: you talk about him vouching for for Wentz, and, and you're right; that seems to be the 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 book on it. And and Brian, obviously, I think right. I mean, I'm head scratching. Wilson not working out in Denver at the moment. Sure, one of the biggest surprises negatively of the season. But Ryan being so off the grid at the Colts must be up there. I thought it was a great move. I thought, you know, I thought it was going to be the the missing piece that just with Rivers, we talked about the immobility of, of Ryan. That was obviously the issue. Rivers was breaking, great player that he was, was breaking down. We were watching the limitations is still effective at times, but it was a great player, uh, kind of the end of... Peyton Manning era, right? Broncos Manning, we were watching there. Ryan, I felt, was a year or two behind that and was the great move because he's got all this experience and I add the zip and the zing, but... I think I think we're this a little unfair on Ryan for me. You know, he had the most completions in the league for the games that he played. So again, you know, it, the deep ball probably wasn't going to be there saviour during the course this year. However, he's, I believe, 38. There aren't many... We, we've... Tom Brady has extended quarterback careers artificially by being a robot. Most 38-year-olds historically were not starting NFL QBs and you know science the, the science and the medicine has improved to allow these players to go on longer. But I don't think we should be expecting players over the age of 35 all that often to be highly effective. And we've just seen this group that have come through that we believed were going to be there. But this is the question for an Aaron Rodgers. This is the question for a Matt Ryan is, is how much do they have in the tank? And in this era, if you can't move the safeties down the field by threatening the deep ball, then you're in trouble. Okay, uh, let's move on. I'm sure they uh, will be talking a lot about the Colts as the season plays out. Friend of the show, Dan Olofsky, incidentally, propo I saw, could be could be linking up there as well. There's a mischievous story there that because uh, of course he he works in those Saturdays, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, all right, let's get on. You want to talk defense, James, and and I'm interested in this because defense maybe because it's what's well, the last player you pick uh, or the last slot you fill, I should say, in in daily fantasy. Usually, if you are as base level as I am when it comes to daily fantasy uh, stylings and profilings, it's how much money have I got left? Oh, are you the same? When you get to defense, defense, you're like, oh, I've got two, who can I get for 2,700? Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I usually got like, I usually have got like 300 left at this point and I have to go back and be like, <laughs> I have to go back and change it. Yeah. So, so I just basically buy what I could afford with an air simple logic of, well, you know, they've got a ball hawking corner or, the matchup, obviously, uh, but I'm sure there's far more to it than that. Educate us, uh, Guru. You've got 
Uh, a number of teams you've listed here on our defense feature. So Cowboys, Broncos, Pats, Titans, Niners, and Eagles. So talk us through why those teams, what you want to get into there, and what a basic strategy should be when you're looking at a daily fantasy defense. Yeah, in fantasy, we wouldn't really talk about defense very often because it's such a small part of building your roster and indeed many formats you don't even pick a defense at all but i think we're at a stage where we know who the good defenses are uh those good defenses can either be great overall and very hard to move the ball against or good against one particular discipline so for example tough against the run tough against the pass we saw last week the bills were really stymied by the jets d you know mm-hmm. and again if you were picking a stack based on bills and uh sorry uh allen and Diggs last week you would have been very disappointed so this is really an exercise in who do you want not want to play. Most defenses do not really affect teams' best weapons. Like you don't have to worry if you're playing a mid-tier defense um, about your wide receiver one or RB one. So this is really about who the elite defenses are. Mm. First one being the Cowboys, who are elite against the pass. They're number one in DVOA, which is a, an advanced metric that really just understands a, a huge breadth of different uh, analytics and says who's good. So they're first in DVOA total as a defense, and that's predicated on being on leading the league in sacks. So 33 in total this season. We know all about Micah Parsons. Um, they are first in first downs against, second in passing yards against. This is not a team you want to pass the ball on. So good luck, Aaron Rodgers, this week. They also <laughs> have the Vikings coming up. They have the Giants coming up. If you you what you want to do is just shorthand this in your mind. So if you see the Cowboys, you they, you can run on them. You can't pass on them. Mm-hmm. So that just affects who you pick at QB and wide receiver and tight end and so on. Second one, Broncos. They are just overall an excellent defense. We've seen this throughout the course of the season. They've kept their team in games. They're second in DVOA. They're best in the league from a fantasy perspective against wide receivers and quarterbacks. Quarterbacks are only averaging 4.7 yards per attempt um, against them. They've only allowed wow. four passing touchdowns. 4.7. Yeah, only allowed four passing touchdowns so far this year as well. So extremely hard to move the ball against. They got the Titans next. Malik Willis probably wasn't going to have a breakout game anyway, but that mm. looks really shady. Um, and then the Raiders, then the Panthers, who are offenses that we've seen struggle to some degree over the course of the season. So that Broncos unit really looks elite. Um, the Cowboys will have their ups and downs because they're not elite across the board, whereas the Broncos, they're just a straight avoid. Don't want to get in the same room as them. Same with the Pats. They're not quite as strong as the Broncos, but excellent against wide receivers, excellence against running backs. They're second in the leading sacks. Matthew Judon is having this extraordinary breakout season for them. A couple of division games them next. Jets and Bills with the Vikings sandwiched in between. So again, if you can avoid if you can avoid your Jets, Bills and Vikings skill players with the exception of those hyper elite talents like your Jefferson and your Diggs, you're probably in good shape. And then I'll just quickly mention a couple of D's that are very good against the run. So the Titans being one, you don't want to run against Tennessee. They're only allowed two rushing touchdowns against them. What that means is that the player, they uh, teams that go up against them need to pass more. So actually you get a break the other way. So if you're looking at receivers and you see them against the Titans, that might be a good defense, but they're being forced to pass as we saw with Mahomes last week. Same with the 49ers, where again, you can pass on this unit. They are not 100% healthy uh, by any means, but you, it's really hard to run against them uh, and the final one just to mention, because I'd be a bit remiss because they're very good all around, are the Eagles, where mm. part of it's because their offense is so, so extraordinary. It can just keep you off the field for a quarter at a time. But they also do extremely well, limiting opposing QBs to 58.4% completions this year. Love that. Uh, I think I quite like to do that every week, Guru. You know, maybe pick 
uh, you know, pick a positional slot and just drill down into into some basics. I think that will help. That will help us all. Uh, speaking of which, because I need all the help I can get looking at how I performed in in the show league last week, uh, my early season buoyancy has been tempered with a difficult week. I think it's fair to say. Um, particularly appreciate the uh, Rogers Romeo Dobbs stack that I <laughs> that I. Uh, which looks so good to begin with. Uh, I mean, and that's this is the thing, right? The the rubber, the green with fantasy, because you get a player that goes out of the game in the first quarter. I mean, what are you going to do, right? And so that was unlucky. So that was you weren't the reason. only one in on that stack either. I think yeah, a lot of DraftKings players would have been looking at a Detroit D and putting the the Green Bay Packers players in, and the assumption that this might be the get right game. Well, exactly right. So uh, no dice for me. How did you get on with the show team? 15th in the $5, 38th Ooh, in the nice. free. I think overall, a couple of good, uh, a good process getting fields in the team. Uh, ETN has become the bell cow in Jacksonville. We missed on AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon had, was stuffed twice on the one yard line. Mm-hmm. So that, that did for him, unfortunately. And Amon Rasson Brown didn't uh, have the game that we were hoping, despite getting the targets that didn't get the explosion. So we weren't too far away, but um, didn't money, unfortunately. Oli, how did you do? Yeah, terribly, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I also, <laughs> and yeah, I, I had a lot of Green Bay Packers in there, if I remember. I think I had Rogers, Robert Tonyan, and uh, I think there was someone else in there. But yeah, genu- generally, after coming doing so well the week before, I had an absolute shocker, all in all. So uh, yeah, I've been listening keenly as to who, how I can change. I usually wait to do my team to see what you've done, Guru, to be completely honest with you. Smart. Yeah. Smart. Let's copy it. I love yeah, that. Let's uh, copy a little bit of it. I find that a number of the a number of the listeners probably do because we tend to find that they go with the same stack and then mm-hmm. they pick someone else along the way. And actually last week, I mean, it was all a bit for naught because if you didn't have Joe Mixon, then why bother playing? Mm. Well, speaking of which, looking at our winner of the $5 league, uh, Sevilla46, again, he's a name that keeps cropping up. Obviously, a tidy player. He had, well, he had Fields. So if he had Fields and Etienne, he had Tyreek as well. So landed on all of those and some sneaky picks. He had Kenneth Walker as the flex, a heavyweight team for from him, 207 points uh, in uh, top of the top of the uh, pile in the $5 league. So he snagged a hundred bucks. Uh, Tommy Obi, a shaffle, weighty, uh, all in the money, crawfish as well. So a lot of you uh, landing some dollars in the $5 league. And in terms of the free to enter league, hang on. Simo 15. You take take the reins, uh, Guru, because my, uh, yes. my app's frozen. Simo 15 had Mixon, had Devonte, had the Pats D. You don't need much more than that on a week when Mixon went for five TDs. Love that. Okay. So get involved. Same competitions this week, as I say, the free to enter league. There are cash prizes in it, but also the top of the pile will win a jersey of a choice. So we'll get in touch with you. We'll announce the show winner uh, on social media on next week's FFS. And you can reach out to us on social. We'll connect with you. So go get involved with that. The $5 league. And of course, all the other leagues on DraftKings, get involved with those as well. If you want to, uh, that's what we're trying to do. Raise as much money as we can for charity by the end of the season. Although the way things are going, we're going to raise more from my uh, regular phrase, natism box so five dollars for say goodnight gracie for example there's another five dollars in there oh no we keeping hope we're keeping tabs of this or you're just gonna hit me with a bill for about two thousand quid at the end yeah of the season, yeah right? no i'm just hoping that you haven't been keeping tabs on this so i'm just gonna <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it's big now i i know exactly how many there are but it is oh, getting God. excessive now i can't lie it's quite a big well it's all for a good course so i don't care uh all right help us out then guru talk us through your 
team for this week. Firstly, what's the theme? I have I've eschewed the theme. Oh, I've just right. moved on from the theme. For the, well, as, as in, this is a show about defense and we're going to talk about defense with our team. So I've just built it around that. Ah, okay, I like that. Uh, just a quick reminder how to play. So there is a salary cap. You've got to pick nine or fill nine slots, a quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, a tight end defense, and then a flex, which can be any position other than, you can't put a quarterback in a flex, can you? If you still got no. an icon. So anything, any skill position. I suppose you could put a defense in the flex if you wanted to, right? No, no, a skill position player. It's only I skill position. Week 10, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to... This might be the flaw in your playing style. <laughs> I'm with the defense was a fair question. I couldn't remember. I never have enough money by the time you get though. to the flex. Yeah, the, why would you put the defense in the flex position? Even <laughs> I know that. Even okay. I know that. All I'm going to say, or I'll refer you to our earlier conversation, by the time flex is the penultimate before defense, I don't have any money left by this stage. <laughs> yeah. I've it all on Tyreek, so I don't know what I'm doing by that point. Okay. So you've gone doubling down on Fields. We heard he had a huge week last week, of course, uh, obviously in uh, in real life, but also in fantasy terms. So you've gone with Fields again up against that porous Detroit defense who uh, their performance last week was an outlier. You think they're going to revert to type this week? I think he's highly undervalued. He's 6,500 over wow. the past four weeks. He is the fantasy QB1 over that period of time. He's been at a QB1. He's in the top 12 every week. He was the number one last year. He's the number one over that period. He has 408 rushing yards in his last four games. So the way that DFS works in terms of the scoring is it really buoys your performances when you have rushing QBs and against a Detroit defense that has stiffened to some degree over the last few weeks. Uh, you still have to backfields in this spot. Also, Chicago's defense is now not good. Worth bearing that in mind. They're going I'll to concede take. more points. Yeah, <laughs> Detroit's offense has been relatively good. They're getting skill position players back. This could be a shootout. All right, you've gone in doubling down on running backs. Uh, Travis Etienne, uh, Jacksonville have Kansas City at Arrowhead. And then you've gone... Offense with James Conner. Uh, based on what we said earlier on, it makes a huge amount of sense, I guess. If uh, if Kyle is limited, then Conner's going to um, be filling his boots, you think? Yeah, start with Conner. Conner's the least sexy pick you could make. Uh, it, it didn't feel right putting him in the team, but I'll take it. As I said, this is now the fastest paced offense in the league. The success for Conner last season was him being a three down back in a fast paced team. That's happening. I'm not really worried whether it's Mario McCoy under centre. If it's Murray, we know he's not going to be particularly mobile. If it's McCoy, there could be more uh, opportunities in passing moments for Connor at 6,200. Again, I think he's underpriced. Etienne has become a bell cow over the last couple of weeks. 52 attempts in those two games, almost irrespective of the game script. Obviously against KC, I heard you talking about on, on Edge Rush, there's this danger that the Chiefs just blow them out. But Etienne's getting carries even in negative game scripts. He's also got 13 attempts this season inside the 10. That's joint fifth in the league, despite being a part-time player for the first month of the season. So at 7,100, he's not cheap, but mm. we're seeing real output. And obviously he could take it to the house any snap. Mm, love that. Three receivers. You've got Jalen Waddell, uh, Cleveland at Miami. And we've talked about with all the buzz that Tyreek Killers understand me getting that uh, Waddle's having a season for the ages as well. And uh, you would expect Miami to be able to really torch that uh, Cleveland uh, secondary. Amon Ross and Brown, flipping the script there. Detroit, uh, of course, uh, heading to Soldier Field. And then you've gone Pickens, which I thought was an interesting pick. Is that just because of the money? Five grand for Pickens, Pittsburgh hosting New Orleans. 50 targets just left uh, Pittsburgh with Chase Claypool. Pickens now becomes the number two in that offense. Deontay Johnson 
I I wanted to get Deontay Johnson in this team because I think he's due a turnaround. He has all the volume and, and none of the scoring. But Pickens is a lightning rod. Uh, Pickett, I, I think Pittsburgh are going to have a bit of a turnaround here in, in the short term. Um, he's got 31 targets in his last five games. His A dot is 14 and a half. He's the big play threat. And we know that uh, Pickett's comfortable throwing the ball deep. So I like Pickens mm-hmm. at 5,000. Waddle, he's the fantasy wide receiver two over the last four weeks. He's dwarfed mm-hmm. by the fact that Tyreek is the fantasy wide receiver one <laughs> during that period. Both Miami um, receivers are in the top two, which is pretty wild. But all of his metrics are highly impressive. Uh, and he's scoring touchdowns in a way that Tyreek isn't. We also know against Cleveland's D, the pass rush is good, particularly um, as they've had a few players come back from injury. Yards after the catch becomes imperative, and he's uh, a monster in that regard. And then Amon Ra, again, we're targeting Chicago's defense. He has all the volume in his last two games after coming back from from injury. And remember, no Hawkinson, Swift not 100% still. If this becomes a shootout, Amon Ra's the, the, the guy in that scheme. All right, bring us home, Guru. So you've gone with the Steelers as your Schultz bump uh, and your D, of course. Uh, and then tell us where you've gone, tight end and flex. Tight end, Greg Dolchich. He might be Russ's favorite target down the mm. stretch. Uh, in the three games that he's been in, 17 targets, 182 yards. That's good enough for the tight end three over that period. And we know you can't run on the Titans, as we just discussed. So Dolchich, Dolchich over the middle, uh, is is really viable in this offense. People's Jones, one of the People Jones, as a flex. Uh, the Dolphins have the worst coverage grade per PFF so far this season. They also mm. have injuries on the back end. People's Jones in his career is a big play threat, 16.9, 16.9 yards per catch over his three-year career, but he hasn't scored so far this season. So we're banking on that turning around in this game. And there's also no Njoku still. So if you look at their weapons, it's Cooper, Peoples-Jones. That's what we'd imagine. And then the Steelers. So a show about defense. Let's make our, our defense the shorts bump. They're 2,800. This is not the Steelers D from the last few weeks. TJ Watt is expected back. The safety Kazee is in. William Jackson, who they traded for, comes in the back end as well. So both the pass rush and coverage should improve. Um, they're at home. They're off a bye. The Saints O has relied on big plays throughout the course of this season. Still are nowhere near 100%. So I really like the Steelers in this in this situation. Love that. That is the show team, courtesy, signed, sealed, and delivered from the guru, James Sandrini. Just one for the row before we wrap things up. Stephen via Twitter at the NC Show. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok as well videos from the shows dropped on there and lots of other good stuff too for the sandrini surgery open open for one patient only and then because of course with your i mean presumably your office is uh your surgery's in vegas seeing as you qualified from from there i tend to work remotely which uh, my patients don't <laughs> like but it gives me a few, yeah. a few few more options yeah exactly i could see you have a you debate you have a suite of the bellagio that is <laughs> that doubles down as your office <laughs> uh steven asks should i start brady sorry who should i start brady or car and he's got a follow-up so you get two for the price of one i think it might be a slight dig at me i don't know is this the week to start melvin gordon <laughs> Brady and Carr's tough. Carr's obviously lost weapons, as we spoke about earlier in the show. Brady against Seattle in Munich. Those uh, The games abroad tend to be lower scoring. I would actually back Brady on the base that, yes, the Seahawks D has been better than expected this season, but there's all the pass volume there for Brady. One of these weeks, he's going to turn it around and, and throw for three or four scores. And every week that goes by, Chris Godwin gets a bit healthier. Mike Evans gets a bit healthier. They get players back in that offense. So I'll go Brady in Munich. And Melvin Gordon, no, because they're up against the Titans and they're allowing mm. the least uh, yards in the NFL on the ground. 
There you go, Stephen. That is your answer. Keep those coming in throughout the course of the week if you want, and we'll tot them up and put them in uh, to the surgery. But like I say, limited trading hours for Dr. James Sandrini. So uh, don't hold your breath that we'll get to it, but we'll do our very best. We'll put our show teams out on our social channels as well. And there's a lot of good intel in the FFS vault. So episodes every week throughout the season, you want to go back in, uh, look at the podcast feed, search for FFS. There's a lot of really good stuff. If you are playing fantasy, whichever version that the gurus set you straight, set you free, quite frankly. Oh, good luck with your show team this week. I say that with very little sincerity because I want to, well, actually I want you to do well. So you win money for, for the show pot, but as long as I beat you. Yeah, well, I think realistically after your performances in recent weeks, I'm pretty comfortable and confident going into this one. I feel oh, yeah. composed, actually, even though I told you that from a gambling perspective, mm. I'm seeing it terribly this week. I think it's impossible. Actually, Sandrini, let's go to you. I found this week really, really tough. Have you got a Drew Lock for us? Is there anything that you Ooh, expect nice. to happen? It's a really tough week for fantasy as well. Uh, so many unknowns. I, I guess I'd be probably looking at a few of the unders. I know that's your domain, Ollie. My man. Look at this. You said uh, Bears Lions shootout as well, over 48 and a half. I like that. Mm. Yeah. I, do you know what? I was a bit, there was part of me that wanted to steer clear of fields because we tend to see these runs for young yeah. quarterbacks and then they fall over, but it's just yeah. too hard to give up the value in DFS because of what he's capable of. Actually, if I was betting on the game itself, I might go under. Do you like the over in the Giants-Texans game? Do I like the over in the Giants-Texans game? Um, Tell what, me you do. <laughs> God. Um, what's the over right now? What's the what's the money line? It for, What did we take it in the end? Or what did 40 I take and it? And 40 and a half. 40 and a half. Has it gone up to 41? Yeah, 40 and a half. God. I love we're having our own Sandrini surgery here. We're just yeah, trying, I love it. Yeah. Okay, it's like a counselling session. I'm just like, please like my picks, Sandrini. Yeah. <laughs> There's a queue outside. I can see through the door. Cliff Kingsbury's up next. Offense! <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get out of here. Look after yourself, Guru. See you next week. Thanks for your inside Propo. I'll see you Sunday live on... T- oh, what am I talking about? Not just me and Propo on TalkSport 2 on Sunday for the Red Zone show. James Sandrini making his debut. I had a call with Gareth Southgate earlier in the week about mm. how best to let someone down if they weren't going to make it. So I, I gave the call to Mike Mayock last night just to say that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, but not this week. We don't need you, my man. Oh, Mayock, their hits keep coming for him. Looking forward to James in the house with us at TalkSport Towers on Sunday for our Red Zone show. Should be a goodie. You can watch me uh, and my nerves jangle uh, as we look for the over in that aforementioned Giants-Texans game across all of the action. The three of us uh, join us from, uh, well, whenever the Munich game finishes uh, over on TalkSport 2 this Sunday. And we are back Monday with Iron Mike uh, in his usual excellent slot. Look after yourself, gang. See you Monday. Podcast Network.